Where is InsureTech headed next? This is where indie agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. I am the Mayor Heath Sharon and the host of today's show, and I'm excited to be here with my man Drew Kinney of the Kinney Insurance Agency in the self-proclaimed syrup capital of the world in Vermont. How you doing, Drew? Maple syrup. Maple syrup, come what? after us Canadians. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, maple syrup. Okay, so it's maple syrup. Is there a difference in syrup? Yep. I, I don't. I'm not. To I me, mean, you all can, you syrup can, is maple. Some some producers do produce, you know, uh, from birch and some other things. Oh, so okay. It's not always all maple. No. Okay, so you just called out all the Canadians that listen, saying, "Come yep. at you." No, that's fine. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, no, I I love our Canadian friends. Jeff Roy you, is my man. There you go. There you go. Now look at you backtracking. Yeah, no, no, I'm here for the battle, but you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> there you I go. I love those guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so um, now that we know that you love your maple syrup, um, yep. talk to me a little bit about the Kinney Insurance Agency. Tell me kind of your origin story, where you came from. Tell me a little bit about the agency. You and I have talked about it, but I want the world to know here that's listening. And so we'll start there and then we'll just dive into some conversation. Sure. No, that sounds great. So Kinney Insurance Agency was founded 1973 by my grandfather. So we're oh, wow. third generation insurance agency, uh, South Hill, Vermont, which is a tiny little island on uh, a lake in uh, Vermont. So it was kind of this unique spot. And he actually got into insurance after doing a, a career in dairy farming. So he retired and he had heard that there was this agency, which was an exclusive agency at the time um, that was for sale. And so he decided to jump into it and my father joined him a few years later, and then my brother and I hopped in and got involved in 2012. Um, and so in 2018, my brother and I bought it from my father. So we kind of moved it to the third generation, which isn't always easy to do in in, in this current environment. But um, no, it's been going great. We're at uh, three locations now. We've done a few acquisitions, 20 plus employees. So, you know, we're, we're cruising along and kind of doing our thing. So how many of the generations are still involved? Is it just you and your brother now? Is your your father or grandfather still involved? You know, that, no, no, my grandfather's passed. My my father okay. still comes in. Uh, you know, he'll do his thing in the morning, and but he's pretty pretty toned back at the at the moment, and it's pretty much Alan and I doing our doing our th- usual, keeping trying to keep up with everything. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I'm second generation as well, and my, you know my brother's in the business too, and that was one of the things. So, yeah, do you you and your brother divide up tasks pretty well? I mean, like, what's your role there and his role? Or do y'all kind of yeah. overlap at all, or what what happens there? There's inevitably some overlap, you know, but yeah, we we divide up pretty well. It's funny when we were working with our dad, you know, our, we had this running joke, right? And it was anytime something came up that it wasn't something that we wanted to do, you know, we would volunteer the other person for it and yeah. they would become the, you know, we all wear a million hats in the insurance world. Yeah. They would become the, the vice president of whatever that was. So I became the the vice president of social media because Alan didn't want to deal with that. And yeah. he became, uh, you know, vice president of HR. So <laughs> I nice. felt like that was a pretty fair, pretty fair trade, but yeah. So that's always been kind of a running joke of, Oh, <laughs> good. You know, somebody comes with us with a problem. Oh, good news. Alan's the vice president of that department. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> so with social media, does that come most technology comes to you as well? Is that how that works with you too? Yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, uh, on the front end, I tend to do a lot of that early research. Um, and then, you know, we'll bring it back and I'll say, all right, here's kind of what we got. Um, although I will say he was more heavily involved with when we brought Vertifor into our agency, um, you know, with AMS 360 back in the day. 
Um, but you know, I, I tend to do a lot of early research on various vendors and partners that are out there and test their kind of software out. And if I like it, I'll bring it to him. And, you know, part of the other sort of agreement that we have with these type of things is, you know, if I can't, if I'm not passionate enough to be able to convince him of this idea that it's solid, then it's probably not a great idea and we, we won't run with it. So we're yeah. pretty conservative in that, in that regard. So I have to feel like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a good tool and, and, uh, you know, he'll, if he, he agrees, we'll, we'll roll with it. Yeah, and every time I see you, though, I feel like y'all are adopting a new piece of technology or you're researching something new. Yeah. And so I don't know what that portfolio looks like <laughs> try, at this point, but go ahead. Try to stay ahead of it, you know, and that's kind of the key is, you know, we just want to stay, you know, what's out there. And a lot of times when we work with these vendors, you know, it, it, the, the Kenny process, sales process is relatively slow. <laughs> it's a, it's an early thing, you know, we're not going to get closed early on. And so there's some that, you know, I'll demo their product and we might sit on it for a year or two and, uh, you know, and then to finally decide, all right, the timing's right for this XYZ product. And, you know, we've already kind of done this legwork and we'll kick the tires again and then we'll move pretty quickly. But the initial initial process is, is a little, a little slower, but, uh, you know, we kind of like to make sure we, it's going to be a fit. Yeah, it's, so with that much tech and three locations, you said, and you, you're growing yep. in, in staff and whatnot, getting adoption from your team has got to be somewhat of a challenge, is it? Do you find that to be a challenge? Yeah, you know, so early on, Nick, we were early adopters in the CRM, uh, you know, world. And, you know, in those days, you know, kind of pre-agency Zoom days even, um, which we are pretty heavy users of now, Um you know, we were launched into HubSpot. And that's this was also something that we had, you know, researched the heck out of for a long time because I don't know how familiar you are with HubSpot, but it's pretty expensive. And, um, you know, so we rolled it out and we were using it pretty well and got decent adoption from the sales team. But, you know, we're 20 plus people. And so to, to get some of our folks, um, you know, that had to do dual entry and some of this other stuff that you have to do with HubSpot, you know, to see it as a valuable tool to them just wasn't there, you know, it was, it was tough to convince somebody that in the, you know, when they're in the, in, in the arena and, you know, the phones are ringing off the hook that, you know, we got to enter this in over here, you know, when they've already sold this opportunity and it's in AMS and we're, we're good to go like how we used to. So agency zoom with that direct integration uh, in those early days was, you know, critical to get an adoption from the team because that just changed our process out the gate. It was, you know, start an agency zoom, enter all the clients info, and we could manage and track sales, you know, that much better. And every time we did it, it was creating new customers in 360. And, you know, it just that streamlined process was was pretty clutch. So yeah, bringing in like you talked about the adoption team, and you talked about you do a lot of the research, at what point do you bring the team in? I know you said you bring your brother in, you know, after you get yeah, to Do you bring Alan, them in Alan, early? Alan's usually number two, um, you know, because if we even want to kick the tires, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And then once I've sort of got him convinced, you know, usually there's one or two. So like with the CRM side, I had a, a marketing uh, lady at the time and I had a uh, sales guy. And so it was like you get some... Uh, get some power users kind of early on some early adoption and they can test and kind of use stuff out um, and see how they like it. And if, you know, if it's not looking great for who you think is going to be a strong user, it's going to be a tough go down the road. Right. <laughs> so yeah. um, that helps. And then once, you know, they've gotten in and they start to like the product and they start to use it a little more regularly and you start to get the rest of the team rolled out. Now you've got these power users in our locations that they, they can get help from, you know, really quickly. So they get involved yeah. in the training of new hires and get involved in training on updates and yep. whatnot? 
Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things we've done is, you know, we've built out an agency portal. So it's an internal, basically an internet, if kind of old school saying, but, yeah. you know, and we have a lot of training videos on here's how you, you know, start a ticket in agency Zoom. Here's how you do this. Um, and that's kind of our, our process. Yeah, I, I feel like I could do a whole podcast on intranet because I do feel like even yeah. though it's a little old school. I think not enough people use that to their advantage. Well, it's tough, right? And especially in the multi-location, you know, situation where we just have, you know, users all over. We needed a central hub of yeah. where we people could go to find things. And we tried early on to like just use Google Drive, just use that. But it was just tough to search and find what you needed. And so we built out, uh, you know, a little internet portal that, you know, the team can use with, you know, and just get in there quickly, find what they need. And, you know, it's searchable. It makes it really easy. Yeah. And so I'm guessing when you put in like maybe training videos and things like that for the technology, you use, do you use the staff in some of that? Or is that some stuff that you use? Or you just uh, use yeah, usually, usually it's a staff member that will have, all right, record your process this next time you do it. You know, we don't like to waste any movement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so if they're going to get in there and have to make a change anyways, or do something, it's like, all right, we'll record you while you're doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's also empowering to them to feel like they're a part of the process and not just having it dictated to yeah. them what they're doing. They're a part of it. Correct. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the thing with, you know, implementing things and just change in general, right, that I think a lot of people, you know, you know, we like change as agency owners, you know, we're good with change, we want to always keep improving to get better and better and better, you know, but there's a group of people within your agency that are change adverse, right? <laughs> and that's in any business, you 100%. know, and so it's tough to sometimes get those people to, to come along. And so you only have so much change capital is kind of what we call it, you know, yeah. where you can only change things so often and so frequently, um, you know, before you start to lose, you know, half the boat, <laughs> because they're just freaking out from the change. So we try to like, you know, change a couple of things here, tweak a couple of things here, and then sort of let that settle out, you know, and, you know, and then once we are feeling like, okay, we've got this process down. We feel like most of the teams has and it's being adopted and uses, all right, is, you know, are we in love with this process? You know, did we test it out? How's it going? You know, all that fun stuff. And then, you know, if we need to make tweaks, we can. Um, but if you're changing things left and right, it's tough. And then that also impacts adoption um, because if they know that you're going to throw something out there and then two weeks later, you're going to rip it out <laughs> for some other shiny object, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll, you'll never get it. So there's only so much change capital that you have and you have to spend it and, and use it wisely on the leadership front. Yeah. So I just, I got like three questions at one time I want to ask. So I got to figure out which one to yeah. go with first because you've got a couple of things in there that I wanted to ask about. But, you know, you brought up in, you know, getting some of that, you know, adoption and whatnot. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of agencies. I feel like you're in the minority. A lot of agencies aren't open to change like you guys are. They're more of, yeah. this is the way things have always been done. And when you bring something in, and another thing that you had mentioned, so I may just combine all three questions into yeah, one have and figure it, it out. <laughs> Follow my squirrel brain. But, yeah. you know, but then again, when they do bring in this new technology, then a lot of times the staff, as you mentioned, they may just check out like, well, Drew's going to bring something in five minutes later and just replace this. They don't, they don't buy in. And right. then, you know, so I feel like some of those things go hand in hand. And so I feel like a big epidemic that we have in agencies right now is they don't adopt the technology. And so I guess. Yeah. That, and I would, I would agree yeah. with you. And that this even goes into processes, you know, just with how you, yeah. you, you know, you manage your, your daily process within your agency. You know, if you're, throw something out there and this is the new way you do it. But, you know, you, you, you're going to change it in two weeks later. It, you know, you just can't get that adoption. It kind of goes, you know, it's not exclusive to technology by any means, you know, it's with everything you do. 
you have to have a lot of intentionality in that, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. I agree. And so I, sure. I, I also feel like, um, you know, with that, I think, so my question to you would be, what is your leash when you bring on a new technology? How long do you give it before you realize we're not going to adopt it? We made the wrong move or do you have a, a certain time frame? You feel like you have a, a leash on that? You know, I, you can generally tell pretty early, but we'll, we'll, we usually try to make some, maybe it's just a couple of little tweaks here and there, you know, to adjust and make it go. Um, I don't think we have a specific time period on our brain, but as soon as we feel like that customer experience is starting to get hurt, you know, we, we want to know that and we want to get on that early. Um, you know, so, so that's, I don't know, it's tough to put a number on it, but it's definitely in the back of our minds and we definitely monitor and try to keep our eye on it. You know, I'm thinking now of, couple of products that we brought on that ultimately ultimately didn't make it um you know without throwing names out there but you know it's uh yeah. but you, <laughs> it's you've a, caught it, on pretty quick or do you feel like oh we probably should have quit this a long time ago we probably should have pulled i think in any of these scenarios if it's not the right fit you always probably could have pulled the plug sooner right you yeah. always kind of want to make it work <laughs> yeah um but you know it just sort of happens and you know it, it's good to listen to those outside opinions. And certainly you have to talk to your team members. You know, uh, you know, my, one of my favorite things is Billy Wagner saying of what would it look like if it was easy, you know, type of thing. And I try to keep that in my brain a little bit when we're, you know, talking with the team about doing something or, you know, implementing a new tool, right? Because if it adds extra steps and it's not easy, it's clunky or the experience starts to hurt. Well, we gotta, we gotta do something there. We can't live with that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one. It may be a harder one for you, but I, yep. I, it's serious to me. But if you've got somebody in your team that just refuses to adopt a new technology, or they like, I'm stuck in my ways here. I'm not going to bring this in. How do you handle those situations? In my opinion, they, it tends to work itself out eventually. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, so here, and the reason I say that is yeah. a lot of the tools, particularly agency zoom, particularly, you know, with reports and things that we can run in AMS, you know, we try to be super transparent about the activities and things that are happening in the agency. And so in our team meetings, you know, we'll, we throw the data up there. It's everybody's data, you know, for, okay, here's all the activity data, policy change data and all that. And so if you have, you know, somebody on your service team and they're not using the system and, you know, it, it looks like they're not doing any work. <laughs> and meanwhile, Susie is, you know, got done 500 activities this, you know, past two weeks, you know, and eventually, you know, they're not going to want to see themselves on the bottom of a leaderboard forever. And they'll probably either move on or, or something's going to happen. It's a you culture know, it's thing. Just, then. just and or, or they'll adopt it. It is a cultural thing, you know, yeah. and. And so it, it is it push comes to shove. Usually they'll either slide out or, you know, they'll they'll start using the technology and, you know, it's all in how you embrace it and how you train it and, you know, approach people with it. So, yeah, I, I appreciate all of that. I think you're dead on and some of that intentionality and, and making it part of your culture and letting your team know the expectations of when we bring this on, this is how it's going to yeah. implement it. Um, okay. So right. you've brought up. Right. And that comes ahead. back to holding the, that comes back to, you know, kind of just, you know, holding the standard, you know, this is our process. If we're not doing the process, how we do, how our process is defined now, then, you know, that you're not holding the standard and you have to hold people accountable to that. And sometimes that's not fun, but there are ways that you can do it and, 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 you know, less extreme manners, you know, certainly Alan and I by no means are <laughs> boot camp and ca uh, camp instructors out there. If anything, we're probably the other way, you know, a little yeah. bit and uh, a little too, too casual, too friendly with stuff. But, um, you know, like I said, I think, I think eventually those scenarios tend to work themselves out. 
Yeah, no, I, I think you're exactly right. But I do think you have to have that as part of your culture. You've brought yeah. up Agency Zoom a couple of times, which I appreciate being on the, the yep. Vertifor Insurance podcast. And so <laughs> I appreciate that. But like, okay, so you guys basically fell in love with it from the jump, from what I hear from you. And you were able to get the adoption because of some of those things. And by no means do yeah. I want you to feel like you have to say some of the things that, you know, I'm going to ask <laughs> you about. So be pre- as candid as you want to be. But sure. what um, what are some of the main things and the main functionalities that you use, you know, your CRM for? Yeah. So in the early days, right, we it was just on the sales. That's how we managed our sales pipeline. You know, I remember literally after, you know, when we first were implementing it, you know, I had a producer at the time come to me and, you know, and we were so busy at the time because we had, you know, developed a good buzz. And, you know, he was saying, hey, I'm having trouble keeping track of all this stuff. You know, he's had a little yeah. sheet that he was using, you know, and and I was like, we've got just the tool. If you just give us one week, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so early on, it was sales. Um, and then, you know, as the service pipeline or the service you know tool started to roll out, we adopted that pretty quickly. Um, and then. Uh, well, can I you know, stop you? Can I back you up a minute on yeah. the sales? Do you yeah. have specific buckets within your uh, within your CRM that you walk them through as far as, you know, they're yep. here and then they move to here and they move to here? Could you talk me through that a little bit? Let's let's make it. Yeah, we, super... so we try to keep it super clean. Um, you know, I think hit our me. pipeline's only maybe four or five stages. Um, yeah, hit you me know, with those so stages. What are those stages? Some, the first one's basically a quote request. Somebody <clears> reaches <throat> out, fills out a quote request. They're dumped into the, the new stage um, and we start filling out you know, reach starting to contact them to get the information that we yeah. need to quote, you know, whatever that is. So that's like somebody fills out a simple form or, you know, somebody I happen to catch at the grocery store or something like, yeah. oh, yeah, I see your stuff. You know, I'd love for you to you know, reach out to us, you know. And so yeah. we have some uh, some simple automations in there to try to help facilitate, keep that conversation going um, so we don't forget about it. Right. Um, and then sort of the next stage, I think this was like a Zoom default one, but it was contacted. I think we had it in quoting on there. So yeah. we've we've made contacted. We've got all the info. We're starting to do our quotes. And then we have, uh, you know, quote delivered. Um, and then, uh, from there we just go right to sold. So we, we keep it super short. Um, it's kind of interesting. I was talking with somebody, uh, Austin Moorhead from Lava Automation, yeah. if I can shout him out, um, great guy. And he, he knows agency zoom, like nobody I've ever met before. Um, you know, and he was kind of showing me some of their tools and it's so much more in depth, right? He's almost got like 20 stages, which is great. You know, it's cool. Um, but you know, again, it comes back to adoption. What can you get your team to sort of take on and, and figure out? Um, and talking with Austin, I really love this uh, message that he had sort of put was like, look, we, we have these stages because they're different parts of the playbook. You know, yeah. you don't need to have that full playbook, um, you know, but if you want it, it's there, you know, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. And I yeah. love that, but I also so, yeah. love that you've got, you mentioned briefly, you've got some automations from when they automatically, from when they go to this stage, to this stage, these yep. things are happening behind the scenes. So your team doesn't yep. have to do anything. It's exactly. just happening. And they're being yeah. touched. And then when you move them to the third stage and the fourth stage. So, right. and that doesn't And take- I think it's something like, I, I want to say it's <clears throat> either on the sixth or seventh time, you know, that you've tried to contact somebody is when they'll respond and you'll make the sale, you know. That's so, the average, yeah, uh, you're right. A, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, in our industry, we're, we can be one and done, you know. So we try to use that automation to lift that off their plates, you know. Um, you know, we can put that kind of behind the scenes and it's always kind of poking and prodding to get the information that we need to start you know, the next steps for doing our job. Well, then your team understands and they know, okay, it's in stage two, this email just went out. So they're expecting yeah. this to happen next. And they maybe get a task from their CRM or their agency management system. Yeah. You know, call time to call on this one, yeah. you know, exactly. 
Yep. So, you're so that's kind of how we use the it. process yep. using that CRM, correct? And yep. the AMS yep. for that matter, because you said that integration is fantastic. For it you. does. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to remember, you know, your service team, our service team, you know, uh, the uh, it, when somebody calls in, you know, it's it's just ingrained in them. The first thing that they're going to check is their agency management system. So yeah. we dump we dump them into to uh, AMS as soon as we know it's a qualified lead. So that way they can, you know, as soon as they search for somebody there, it pulls up. You know, our phone system, uh, you know, Lightspeed integrates with 360, so they call. You know, the screen pops up. <laughs> it yeah. just makes it a lot simpler. You know, um, it, it, so as soon as service, you know, somebody calls the office kind of blindly right. and. You know that they can find it quickly it's it's helpful to have that integration yeah thank you for walking me through your buckets and so then from the sales once it goes into the service uh, do you have specific pipelines there or do you have specific things we do set up yeah there? what does that look like and what's let me ask yeah, let me so, come from this perspective so i will i will tell you after yeah. it moves to sold it kicks off our onboarding process um, okay you know so things like getting a you know, an email from Alan and I welcoming them to the agency, um, you know, asking for a Google review and, you know, all kind of the fun things that we like to do to make sure it's a positive experience the whole way through once we actually sold the policy. So okay, that's so a key step that's not not its own pipeline. It's kind of at the tail end of when we move something into sold and it's done. Okay. So once you hit the sold, how many touch points do you have? I love to know when people how many they have set up? You've mentioned two Just, already. Uh, yeah, I think I think we're four or five total on the onboarding front, and yeah. then it slides into a re retention, which is within our service pipelines. And so, so, how many do you have there within the service? We have so we have kind of your general service task pipeline. So if somebody calls in for a policy change, you need to yeah. update their policy. So there's a pipeline that's dedicated for that type okay. of stuff. Um, and then we have a pipeline for renewals. Yeah. Um, so for like commercial lines, we have our whole commercial renewal process is ingrained in agency Zoom. And so 180 days out, 120 days out, you know, service ticket is created and we start moving it through a pipeline just similar to our sales pipeline. That one's a little more complex just because of the renewal process. But um, yeah, so we have that. And then we also have uh, claims. So if somebody calls in, they have a claim. Um, it, it has its own little pipeline where we'll open a ticket uh, just to you know kind of keep track of where things are at. And it has some of those built-in touch points similar to our sales thing, but related to a claims process so we can make sure, you know, clients heard from an adjuster, you know, things are going okay. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you so, know, kind of do our little part. Right. So let's go back to the, uh, the onboarding process. You've got four or five yep. touch points there. What is, let's take it from this perspective. I got listeners listening here now that are, you know, either new to Vertifor, maybe not even in it yet, or they've been using it for a while. What's some advice that you could give them on that onboarding campaign and how they could use Agency Zoom or a CRM for that matter to better their onboarding campaign? I mean, just think of all, think of the touch points that you want to have, like in your kind of your ideal agency, right? You know, okay. so like you, you can set up tasks, things like if you want to send a thank you note, you know, to your customer, that's like a handwritten one, you could create that task. So, you know, what I always tell people, you know, your, your big ones is I like to do a welcome to the agency, little email It comes from the agency owner, you know, talks about, you know, how you can work with us, you know, if you need service, you know, here's how you get it. Here's what happens if you have a claim, you know, all these are good ideas for kind of touch points you know you don't want to obviously hammer in a thing that's so long that nobody's ever going to read right, it right, right, right. <laughs> but you know all, all those are kind of good and and you know how 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 you want them to work with you you know so if you have a service portal or you use something like a Love glove that. box or whatever yeah. you know direct them that hey if you need to policy change here's how you do it you go to this you know log into your portal and request it you know and um 
so yeah, that that's kind of what I like to keep in mind is like, so what's kind of your ideal process? You know, if, if you're already, you know, you have an agency and you know, at the, every Monday, the agency owner is sending out thank you notes or whatever, you know, just build that into your process so it doesn't get lost as you start to scale. Awesome. So, you know, you would tell agencies to think about what they would want, you know, and then yeah, kind of take it from yeah, there. Yeah, I I, and, I, and like what they would want and how you want your customer, your ideal customer to interact with you, you know, um, because if you said you want to send everybody through a mobile app and all your service through this place or email box, whatever that might be, and you know, very quickly, the people that don't want to do that are going to pop up <laughs> and then yeah. you have kind of a decision to make, you know, you know, probably didn't hit my ideal customer there. You know, what can we tweak to make things, you know, different? So we're attracting more of the people that want to use a mobile app because that's how we work best, um, uh, which I'm not saying is for us. We, we, we'd we have like every line of communication because we're old school, right? You know, right. rooted, rooted in old school, I should sure. say. Um, but, you know, just think about, you know, how you want your customers to interact with you. And this is a perfect thing for onboarding is to teach them how to interact. So it's not a mystery at the, you know, when it's time for them to get help or, you know, file a claim. So we've done the sales pipeline. We've hit the onboarding from there. You know, once you move into the retention pipeline or the service pipeline, whichever one you want to go into next, could you walk me through a little bit of that for those listening to give some ideas and maybe some advice? Yeah. So again, I think, you know, we're talking like, things that we built out over a few years, right? We, we try to keep it simple in the beginning, you know? And then, you know, you think of your basic touch points that you want, um, you know? So for service, right, it's basically how they interact with us. So if they call the agency, email the agency, we open up this ticket um, that creates a ticket. And then within that ticket, the beauty of a ticketing system is that, you know, all the activities that need to happen exist within this ticket. So if Mrs. Jones down the street calls to change your auto, you know, I can open that ticket up or anybody in the agency can open that ticket up and see exactly what's happening. This is different from 360, right? Because when you open up like your activity list, it's like you have the activities that have ever happened, you know? And so if things happen in between, yeah, you know, it, it can get out of sync and it can get a little hard to read. Um, you so know, the, so ticketing the beauty, system. beauty of a ticketing system is that, you know, everything related to that policy change that Mrs. Jones requested on, you know, November 9th, you know, every piece of, you know, touches that have happened or needed to happen exist within that ticket. And you can see it very quickly where things went great or maybe they went off the rails. And so do you set up that ticket system? It's, you know, kind of a template for all of your customers, you know, that ticket or you have to set up yeah, a separate Yeah, it's ticket. a pipeline. It's a pipeline just like, uh, yeah. you know, just like anything else. And so, you know, policy changes for various types of policies just go in there. And it gives um, you, you know, service requests. Yeah. Yep. Love and it's that. also how we distribute. So, um, you know, that's how we've been able to make, balance our workload a little better. Um, you know, kind of a old school method in insurance agencies was to like you split your servicing by uh, alphabet. Alphabet, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which works great until a point where you like you've scaled where you like you can only dice up the alphabet like so many times before it gets a little strange. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that we never loved about it was that. Uh, you know, whoever had A through J, like one week, she's like just getting hammered, you know, and the lady that has, you yeah. know, the next section is like twiddling her thumbs, you know? Sure. <laughs> so, so we use, we use assignment groups within agency zoom within those tickets to divvy up, you know, round robin work. Awesome. You know, so it just level sets the workflow. Um, and then depending on the policy change, maybe it goes to our processing staff, you know, something like that. So it's how we distribute, you know, who's going to handle and do what work. 
And so the whole team knows how that operates and knows how that works, and they all put things in the same way. Yeah, they all have yep. their own autonomy. Well, that's the that's the idea, anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> On any given day, you know, a process uh, you know might not get followed, but that's that's the plan, you know. And um, you know, service comes in, set the ticket, assign it to the right assignment group, and you're off and running. Okay, so anything else? Okay, we stopped at ticketing for a minute. So as yep. far as that goes, anything else beyond the ticketing that you were going to talk about when it comes to the service pipeline or the retention pipeline? Or so also built in there is, like I said, our renewal pipeline. So I, I think, you know, that's where we've gotten a lot of value too is our commercial renewal process. Okay. Um, you know, it has its own stages, you know, whether something needs to go into remarket, whether we need to get yeah. supplementals, you know, and as we're approaching that renewal date, you know, have we received all of, you know, an actual renewal or, you know, do we need to do something, you know? So that has helped. And especially with our commercial team meeting, we can just throw that up on the, you know, we throw it up on a big screen TV and we just say, all right, where's this at? Where's this at? And we kind of work through that in our, you know, commercial team meeting. And so that's really helped because otherwise, you know, it's kind of exists in suspenses and things, um, you know, which can be hard to sort of keep track of for that type of stuff. And, you know, you know, for a, for a client to go through, 120 days out to renewal date, you know, there's a lot of steps that happen in between there. Yeah. So I've been on this, I guess, the soapbox or this thought process for a little bit now, and I've heard this a lot lately, and I know you're a, a Vertifor guy, but I, I still want you to hear just your thoughts in general. If people have told me at conferences lately that we've had the conversation like, I don't need an AMS because I've got my CRM, or I don't need a CRM because I have my AMS, or they confuse the two for doing the same things. And so- yeah. Uh, happens all the time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so talk everywhere. to me your thoughts on that. What do you think about that? What are your feelings on that? I view the CRM as, you know, you know, in the end of the day, insurance is relationship business, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and that's where we manage that customer's relationships and their experiences. You know, the AMS on, you know, sort of on that side of the house. And, and believe me, I would be one of the first people if I could toss out the AMS and just use a CRM, I would love to do it. Um, the, the AMS, you know, is kind of like your your filing cabinet system, you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's where, you know, it's like where the official things sort of happen behind the scenes, you know, where you, you keep track of, you know, all your signed documents and all that. Um, certainly, you can do that to some degree in the CRM. Uh, also, on the flip side of the thing that was we do this accounting system and, and all that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, there, there's some give and take there. You know, I'd love to see a world where, you know, it was all, you only needed one, but right now, you know, the things that the AMS does well are, you know, unique from the things that the CRM does well. And so kind of feel you need both. Yeah. And, you know, we, we've talked about it a little bit that, you know, you almost have to have the the AMS for even just ENO purposes, just to cover, you know, true. keep track and yeah. make sure. Yeah, because that's you know rooted in you know in in you know case laws. You know, if it goes into the AMS, then you know that's you know what officially happened that date and time. You know, so it is important. Yeah, and I think like going back to what you talked about the processes and having them documented, that's all also going to help you. And if you ever have a situation for ENO, like this is how our yep. process, how we do it every time, and you can check the yep. system. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's critical. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think that. And so, um, you know, agencies right now that, you know, that are listening, you know, I would love to hear, you know, kind of, again, your sales pitch for why an agency would need a CRM, you know, because again, there's a lot more that don't have it than do out there. And I was shocked to that, you know, to find that out. I spoke oh, yeah. at a group not too yeah, long yeah. ago and raise a hand who's got a CRM and like four people raise their hand, you know, yeah. and it's like, 
holy smokes, I would have thought everybody had one. So yeah. you're a CRM guy, um, and not even just Zoom. I love that you're a Zoom guy, but just in general, you know, tell the audience listening right now, maybe if they're on the edge, maybe push them off the edge a little bit for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, whether it's Zoom or, or whatnot, you know, I, I you know, the investment is not as significant as an AMS, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, give it a try, right? Usually there's not, you know, yeah. a lot of, uh, of more than, you know, there's not uh periods where you're locked in, you know, yeah, where, with like an point. AMS, there you know, you it's, there's okay. not as much commitment. So give, give it a try. But what I like about the CRM is it allows us to be proactive in both our sales and our service. And I touched on the sales piece a little bit, you yeah. know, my team, you know, if, if, if uh, we also have, you know, lead sources built out. So, you know, for contractors, for, you know, apartment buildings, whatever it might be, you know, so if we get a contact that we know that's in the industry, we can drop them into this and, you know, let automation and let our team use it for prospecting. So um, it's it's super critical for helping us get kind of a little more proactive, you know, versus reactive, you know, and then on the service side of things with this ticketing system, you know, it's allowing us to keep up with, okay, where, where's this in the, in the, you know, service pipeline, you know, is it been here forever? You know, am I, you know, and then our management team can see these tickets that have been sitting out there and, oh, we got to do something before Mrs. Jones, you know, has a cow over <laughs> why yeah. we haven't gotten back to. So it allows us to just be a little more proactive than reactive. And so that's kind of what I like to see RM and it helps us build that relationship, you know, things, you know, we, we all have the best intentions with things like onboarding, with cross-selling and all that type of stuff. And as soon as that phone starts ringing, it's easy to lose those, you know, lose lose the, the ideas that you had for, you know, you, those best intentions. They'll drop off the plate and off the table. And, you know, you're just dealing with whoever's calling on the phone. So CRM, I think that's, that's, that's kind of the biggest takeaway I'd have for you. So it allows us to be a little more proactive. And that's where we're headed for a, as an agency. Yeah, I, I think you're you're dead on there. And I, I love how you you brought that up. And everybody uses their CRM in a different way, and everybody sees things differently yeah. there. And some people like the the drip campaign aspect. Some people like the way you were just talking about. Some people like other things. One of the things yep. you brought up, I'd love to hear you come back to some. If this is something you know you guys do regularly, is yeah, you brought up leaderboards. Do you use that with your sales team? Is you know to put everything's transparent. Yep. Yep. Sales. I mean, when you log into Zoom, everybody sees it from the beginning. But um, so we hold a you know team my meeting. I think it's every other week. Um, and, you know, so we'll throw up all of our sales data. We throw up our service activity data, um, you know, because there's great dashboards and reporting all built in yeah. Zoom. And so we can see, you know, how many policy changes, you know, came through or how many are still sitting out there open that need to be closed. Um, so there's great data to be had there, which is nice. I'm a big data guy. And so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> that, to you about the, the accountability piece in that. Yeah. Well, you know, nobody wants to be in the bottom of the leaderboard, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just helps people, you know, drive a little bit of competitiveness, but positive competitiveness, you know, sure. it's not something that, you know, we're never going to be in an environment where we're trying to push each other down to make a sale, you know, <laughs> but, you know, you want to look, you know, you, you, you see that your team member's doing well and you want to do your, your part and do well. And, you know, it's has always helpful in that uh, producer CSR, you know, relationship, you know, that, you know, sometimes they're pretty isolated from each other's success, right. Or, or yeah. what they're doing. And so, um, you know, when they can see each other's data, then they know that, Oh, I, you know, yeah. You know, Michael's been, been pretty darn busy or, you know, <laughs> Susie's been very busy. No wonder, you know, when I talked to her the other day, she was a little stressed, you know? <laughs> right. But we talked about this even at our lunch today, even as our team was talking, we're like, if someone's behind or somebody's take a couple of days off or something, then the team could pick up and see, 
Here's yep. Sally's task. Who's that cover? Here's what's going on with her book, right? Yeah, and that's what allows our management team to do too, right? So if we know that you know Susie's coming up on a vacation, right? The first thing we do is we sit down and we take a look at open tickets out there and things that are coming down the pipeline, and what what can we spread around to make sure we're going to handle and you know, there's no surprises when she's gone. I mean, there's usually a surprise somewhere, but you know, it's something that popped up new, right? <laughs> right, right, right. But having that, you know, place everyone can go to to see it all and see the dashboards yep. and see what it looks like and yeah, knowing that all this stuff happens behind the scenes, super cool. Yep. yep. And then, you know, we try to we you know, we, we're trying to foster this environment too, right? We're, we're you know, some of our newer folks that are a little more behind the scenes but have, you know, lots of processing power. Um, you know, if they, you know, if their plate starts to get a little light, you know, they can go grab tickets from other people and just take it and, you know, knock it out for them, you know, so it, oh, it cool. does help. Yeah, it does help. I think with that a little bit, you know, it, somebody has to be pretty self-motivated for that, but at the same end of it, you know, they can see when, you know, this team member is just buried and they're not, and they can help relieve some of that. And of course our management team can generally see that yeah. too. So that helps. Uh, now we didn't discuss this, so if I'm wrong, then we could edit it out. I'm guessing, but do you do you use VAs at all, or do you use VEs or anything like that? We do. Yep. Yep. Okay. So are they involved in the CRM or just the AMS? They are. Yeah. And 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 that was you know right when we brought them on was when we implemented the the service side of Zoom. Right on. Um, and so that really helped with adoption because we said, here's how you're going to get work to a you know um, you know our VE. So um, that that was huge and it was okay all right send a ticket off and she takes care of it great yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's a, a crucial part of people that tell me especially early on when vas first were introduced to our industry it's like they don't work for me we have too complicated a system or it takes too long for adoption or this that and the other but if you have a set process if you have a crm to document all that and tell you how to do it and have the ticketing yep. system and have all that wouldn't right. you say to have a crm is going to help you train your ves I, I think for sure. And, and honestly, those processes that we talked about before where somebody's recording a video on how to do something like your, your RVEs watch those things like seven or eight times, you know, yeah, <laughs> that person who's not going to adopt it won't even watch it once, you know, but, but they, they, they're going to adopt it, seven, watch it seven or eight to make sure they're, you know, they're figuring it out and they're doing it right. Um, yeah. But, you know, for us, yeah, I, we were not by any means early in the VE, you know, virtual employee uh game you know it wasn't something that we jumped in until you know if anybody's tried to hire in this current environment or even as of a few years ago you know it's really hard and the reality is is we want our people that are in-house doing those more complex work that more complex task you know i don't need to be paying that person to be doing a mortgagee change when i could have a ve doing this very efficiently you know and so that's what it came down to is there's plenty of processing that needs to happen and I need my, you know, best CSRs and service team members and sales guys to be able to focus on the work that they need to do and not get bogged down with, you know, the little stuff um, that we can build a little team to just knock out and do it much faster than if we put it on their plate. Okay, so true or false, it's easier to train a VA or to get early or to get more production out of your VA by having a CRM. True. Yeah, because you have to figure out how you're going to get them work. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, whether than just emailing, can you do this? Can you do this? You know, sending that ticket off and then they have this, that. you know, item that they're keeping track of and it's working through your processes and you can come back and see, oh, where, where is she at with those changes later uh, or he? Um, 
is is critical. So for sure. But the key with VEs and VAs is that you have to have defined processes. If you do not have defined processes, you're going to have a hard time. And yeah. uh, I think any of the VAs and VE companies out there would agree with me saying that. You know, the, when they're successful, you have a defined process how you do it. You can't leave it to them to try to figure out. Um, you know, it's just it's not easy. Or if you have multiple different ways you're doing things, it gets confusing too. So you have to have a defined process and and that's kind of the first step to really using a, a VE well. Yeah. And so as we start to wrap up, I, I noticed that the conferences I have seen you at and, and been around you at, people come up to you and ask you quite a bit, you know, about how you use Zoom or how you use this piece, Taylor, how you use that. What's yeah. the most common thing that you hear? What's the most common question that you answer for most agencies out there listening? I think it's around the service, um, and particularly whether it's renewals or claims um, or even just some of the service. So when Zoom first came out, um, there was a bunch of us legacy users that just had the sales thing. And then you had to switch your subscription style to add in those services stuff. So there's a lot of people that are like, oh, are you using the service? You know, are you getting value out of it? You know, are you using the service? Um you know, features or, you know, are you making pipelines for your renewals? So I think that's kind of where it comes around or, you know, or they'll ask, you know, about our commercial renewal process and that is pretty well defined in Zoom. So I have to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the big thing. There's is the early adopters and folks that were using Zoom and still loved Zoom. Um, you know, they were on the, the older model that didn't include service. And so they had to decide if they wanted to make that jump or not. Um, and we did and was successful. So I think that's where I get a lot of the questions. Awesome. Man, Drew, this flew by. Uh, I could sit here and talk to you for a long time about all this, <laughs> uh, especially when we're talking about Big Orange. But I, I really appreciate you uh, coming in, hanging out with us today, and talking to us, guys. If you don't, you know, follow Drew Kinney or are connected with him uh, on LinkedIn, I would say yep. connect with him there, and he would gladly answer your questions or just connect with you and, and help you out in any way. I've I've gotten to know Drew pretty well, and I'm gonna speak for him and say he'd be glad to help you in any way. Uh, so, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, make sure you reach out to to Drew. If yeah, you, you want find me to. on LinkedIn. You can find me on Instagram, Agent Drew Kinney. Um, you know our website's kinneyinus.com, and we all have our emails out there. So you you could find me one way or another. But happy to answer questions. Happy to show you know kind of how we do things and. Um, and, and the reason I'd love to do that is frankly, that's, that's how I got, you know, there you go. <laughs> as much as I was a power user, you know, I had people that, you know, Matt Namoli helped me out, um, you know, you know, the, in the early days from zoom cat was huge, yeah. you know, like the, I, sometimes I would just reach out to her with an idea and she would meet me in a couple of mornings, you know, before she even started her day and, you know, we would hash it out. So that's awesome. Um, you know, I got I got better because people helped me, and I love to help people wherever I can. <laughs> yeah, and if you're north of the border in Canada and you want to fight Drew about the maple yep. syrup, don't come to my <laughs> inbox. Go to Drew Kinney's inbox. I don't want to hear all that. Bring but, the smoke. I'm ready. There you go. All right, Although brother. we had enough Canadian smoke. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true yeah. as well. Good, good call there. All right, Heath. All I right, appreciate dude. you, man. All right, have a good one. Well, that was a great episode. Amazing. It was an amazing episode. I really enjoyed that content. Guys, if you enjoyed that content and you want more of it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Nah, dude. You got to tell them to crush it. Crush that subscribe button, guys. All right. Whether you want to crush it, smash it, hit it. Bop it? Sure. We could bop it. Either way, guys, we don't want you to miss another episode. We enjoy spending time with you, the VIP. Yeah. We'll see you next week.